What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. And media day opens today, meaning that the Bulls season is right around the corner. This is the official start to everything, as I've said before. They have the first practice on Tuesday, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, Jay Crowder being available. Should the Bulls take a look at him? I know we've talked about him before, but we're going to look at the positives he can possibly bring to this team and some of the negatives. And then we'll compare CJ McCollum's contract extension to DeMar DeRozan and why the two players are looked at differently. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So, media day is today. Today is the day. So, with that being said, expect a double episode day to day. Shortly thereafter, probably about an hour after media day, after I get a chance to break down all the interviews and things like that, pull out the best pieces, I'll drop another episode just to go over what was said in media day. What does that mean for the team, things going forward? So be on the lookout for that. This is, like I said, this is, it's almost like Christmas for me in, in a way. Once media day starts, we know that the season's right around the corner. The Chicago Bulls will be playing basketball again in nine days. We are single digit days away from seeing the Chicago Bulls play basketball again and I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited to just see how this season works out, how we start to the season. So many questions going into training camp, which I already dropped a video on. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Me and Pat, the designer, breaking down all the questions surrounding the Chicago Bulls heading into training camp. And what do we like? What do we need to see from them in the early preseason games? But with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the content for today. So first up. Jay Crowder is available. He's actually not going to be participating in training camp as the Suns try to facilitate a deal for him. Now, this, of course, has brought about a lot of Bulls fans wondering, should the Chicago Bulls take a look at bringing in Jay Crowder? Now, I've talked about this a little bit when this Jay Crowder first initially came up. Didn't go in super amount of detail on things with, with Jay Crowder. Kind of focused more on the contract and what it would take to bring him in. But let's look at some of the positives that a Jay Crowder deal could bring to the Chicago Bulls. And then we'll take a look at some of the negatives as well, which that links back to that video a little bit, but we're going to go ahead and break it down. So looking at Jay Crowder and what he brings to this team, we have to first take a look at what his role would be. And I would see Jay Crowder as coming off the bench for the Chicago Bulls, doing some of the backup three and four type role for the Chicago Bulls and being better at that than maybe what we have already on the bench. And I say maybe sp specifically because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a second, but looking at Jay Crowder, uh, and the things that he could bring to the Chicago Bulls team that are that are hugely positive. First up, Jay Crowder um, on catch and shoot. He shoots 36 percent on four point six catch and shoot three pointers per game last season. That's just catch and shoot. That's not set three pointers. That's catch and shoot. That is a huge number and something that really only Kobe White coming off the bench did last season for the Chicago Bulls. And he uh, he was a league average low. At three at three point attempts, well, the Bulls were a league average low at three point attempts per game. But Kobe Kobe White was the biggest one for the Chicago Bulls as far as having that catch and shoot shot for the Chicago Bulls. And we know he's drastically inconsistent. Um, and hopefully that comes around with with um with Kobe having a better season or a better off season and coming in a little bit better prepared, to just be more consistent for the Chicago Bulls. So that right there is the offensive upside that a, that a Jay Crowder would offer to the Chicago Bulls. But outside of that, the defense, Jay Crowder would then become probably the, the, the second most intense defender, maybe third most intense defender that we have on the Chicago Bulls team. When you look at Lonzo Baldwin fully healthy, absolutely. We have Ayo DeSumo, but then really 
as many of you guys have pointed out, one of the things that we do lack on this team is defense on the wing. Jay Crowder would be able to bring that in for the Chicago Bulls. Even at his age of 33 years old, he'd be able to come in, be one of the best defenders, joining a bench unit of of Alice Caruso, only because I'm, I'm assuming Io is going to be the starting point guard, but Alice Caruso, Kobe White, um, Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., Andre Drummond, that's a solid bench rotation of players that you can get depending on what type of looks you, you're, you're, you're going for there that could very well help the Chicago Bulls. And with Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr. kind of being those two players you look at playing backup three slash backup four for the Chicago Bulls, Jake Crowder automatically gives you something better than Derek Jones Jr. Is he athletic? Is he going to do some of the eye-popping plays? No, he's not going to do those, those, do those type of things. But what Jay Crowder does bring is consistency. And you know you can you can bet on the type of player that Jay Crowder is. Now, with that being said, he also fits some of the timeline that we have here, um, more immediate timeline. And that's one of the things that the Chicago Bulls uh, would like to see a lot right now is compete right now. But the, the question that I always ask there is make any move for Jay Crowder at the money that he makes, at what it would take to get him. That's where you get into some of the negatives with Jay Crowder is that you're looking at either way. You're either looking at giving up a really young piece in Kobe White that's 11 years younger or 10 years younger, I think, than Jay Crowder. Or you're looking at giving up draft capital for a 32-year-old player that does not nearly have the impact that you would want to give the type of player up for. Now, I am of the mindset that I would like to see Javante Green get a chance not starting, coming in as the backup for the whole year before we would make a move like this. But with that being said, the clock is ticking, right? The clock is ticking. If they're looking actively to move Jay Crowder to the point to where they're having him set out of training camp, that would tell me that they are trying to get a deal done before the start of the season. Ideally, maybe even before they get too far into the preseason, which starts in just a few days. So if that's the case for the Phoenix Suns, we may not have the luxury of waiting and seeing, hey, how does Javante play off the bench? Did Derrick Jones Jr. take a leap? The Bulls brought him back. You think they brought him back for some for some reason? We had a, a, a question on the mailback episode yesterday about Derrick Jones Jr. and his possible impact coming off the bench. So I'm looking at it and saying, well, do we get, and let's go over Jake Crowder's uh, averages. So last season in 28 minutes per game, he started all 67 games though. He would not be a starter here in Chicago. I'm not giving him that. Maybe some of you guys think that he would, I wouldn't put him in as starter, but 39% from field, from uh, overall field goal range, 34% shooting from three point range overall. He was a 78% um, free throw shooter as well. 9.4 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, 1.9 assists per game. 1.4 steals per game as well, which is key, especially looking at the position that he plays. He uh, he did that on about eight shots per game. So nine 9.4 uh, points on about eight shots per game. That's not the best efficiency, right? That's not the best. That's not kind of what you look at, especially when you look at his field goal percentage overall being 39%. That's not great. But the key thing is that he does bring in is, like I said, the catch and shoot threes, the three-point percentage overall pretty solid. And so looking at this, right, looking at what Jay Crowder could potentially bring for the Chicago Bulls, I love the idea of it. I love the concept of it. I love much with, with like most trades, most even trades that I don't agree with as far as what people want to send out for players. I can usually see the idea and concept behind what role they could fit on the Chicago Bulls. The same goes for Jay Crowder. I can very well see the fit. I can very well see what he would bring in. But the biggest thing in it is, is that it is, is just the, what it would take to get him. That's the biggest thing in this. And that that's where you start getting into a place where it's like, all right, yeah, the player's great. I love I love the player, but what is it worth when, when you look at giving up something? Like giving up a pick for Jay Crowder, as I think I said in my original video, 
is the move you make if you're closer to championship contention. That's not where the Chicago Bulls are. When you look at Jay Crowder's $10 million contract, $10.1 million to be exact, you would have to give up two players at least, and that's if you're including Kobe White, right? At that point, you still got to include Derrick Jones Jr. You still have to include a, a Javante Green. You still have to include something there, and or maybe, just maybe, the Phoenix Suns will look at it and say, hey, we get Kobe White, we'll take back Tony Bradley, we'll cut him later. And then you're not giving up Javante, you're not giving up Derrick Jones Jr. But in that case, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I'm just, I, like, theoretically, I'm almost more willing to wait out and see maybe if they don't, because it's a lot of teams around the league that are going to look at Jay Crowder's contract and what they can potentially have to send out, unless they just have a, de a dead contract that they're just willing to get rid of, attaching a late first round pick or that Phoenix is ready to get. But with the Bulls, considering what we have in, in draft capital, what we need, and considering first round picks, especially after 2024, with the, the idea that the NBA is going to start allowing high school players back in the draft, as much as we've seen first round picks given up, we may say see teams stop giving in those first round picks as much because, listen, we're going to have a couple of years of basically double drafts. So looking at that, when considering those things, when considering that the Chicago Bulls wouldn't be able to trade their own first round pick to 2026 or 27 anyway, looking that far ahead, having this many questions that we have on the team, I don't know if the Chicago Bulls do it. Now, if it's the Portland pick, which we still don't know if we're even going to get that Portland pick. And you attach that still, it would still have to be attached to you still looking at Kobe White, Tony Bradley at the minimum in that case. I just don't know if even with the doubt surrounding Kobe White, even with the, the inconsistency of Kobe White, if you give up the offensive upside of Kobe for Jay Crowder, who shoots only 39% overall from the field, despite those catch and shoot three pointers that we talked about that he does effectively. I just don't know. I don't know. I would, like I said, I would almost be willing to wait it out and see if they buy out Jay Crowder. If they do not find the deal that they're looking for him with, considering he's an expiring contract, do we go ahead and buy him out? Now, the benefit of trading for Jay Crowder as well is that if we do trade for him, we were we would keep his his bird rights. Or we would acquire his bird rights with him. Now, what that would allow the Chicago Bulls to do is that depending on what they do in the offseason, and then if they make some more moves that get him closer to championship contention, you can re-sign Jay Crowder and go into the luxury tax, or go not even the luxury tax, but go over the cap to do so. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just, I I don't know. Like, Jay Crowder seems to be on the back end of his career. Um, I just don't know if the risk outweighs the reward that we're getting here. I would more so be willing to, to play those risks in the sense of waiting to see if the Suns just buy him out. That's what I think. Let me know what you guys think about everything down below. If we were adding Jay Crowder to a Kobe White and Alice Caruso coming off the bench, I'm absolutely down for it. But I just don't know if we have the permutations of the deal that's going to incentivize the Phoenix Suns to get that deal done. But let me know. Maybe I'm missing something to point out anything down below. Let's go ahead and break it down. All right. Before we go, we got one last topic to talk, talk about, and that is CJ McCollum's contract extension with the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the team that we're going to face in the first uh, preseason game on TNT, so be on the lookout for that. But CJ McCollum, who already had two years left on his contract of 60, $69 million over the next two years, now has uh, an additional two-year, $64 million contract extension that he, that he signed, which brings his overall contract to four years, $133 million. Now, why is that important for the Chicago Bulls? In a lot of ways, it's not. But I use that to, to compare how the, the DeMar DeRozan deal was looked at as maybe the, the uh, arbitrage, right? Uh, 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 the worst contract signing of the offseason last year 
But when you're looking at DeMar DeRozan, CJ McCollum, A, DeMar DeRozan is getting paid way less than CJ McCollum, almost $11 million a year less than CJ McCollum. Now, CJ McCollum is younger than DeMar DeRozan by two years. So there's that. Their birthdays are almost exactly a month apart. Um, so by almost by basically exactly two years. Now let's take a look at the at the stats of a of a DeMar DeRozan versus CJ McCollum. DeMar DeRozan last season, 27.9 points per game, so basically 28 points per game, 76 game starter for him, 50% shooting overall from the field, 35% shooting from three with only two three-pointers average per game. So let's be clear there. Uh 87% from free throw range, 5.2 assists, 4. Point, I mean 5.2 rebounds, 4.9 assists. Almost a steal per game for DeMar DeRozan. You bring in CJ McCollum. You look at CJ McCollum last season. He started, he played in uh in all in 70 games last season, 71 games to be exact. Um between the Pelicans and the and the uh the Portland Trailblazers. He's averaged 22 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 5.1 assists, a PER of 18 uh, 18.41, whereas DeMar DeRozan had a PER of 23.13. So the biggest question here is like, why does why are the contracts looked at so differently, right? Why is the value looked at so differently, whereas people are almost praising the, the New Orleans Pelicans for getting this deal done? And DeMar DeRozan, there was a lot of doubt around his deal and still doubt around him even after he put up the season that he had. And really it comes down to this, the versatility in scoring. CJ McCollum, 39% overall from three-point range. Averaging about eight three-pointers per game for Portland last season and seven three-pointers per game for the New Orleans Pelicans last year. That's the difference and when you look at it, right? DeMar DeRozan is looked at as being a player that, that operates primarily in the, uh, basically not primarily, exclusively in the mid-range for the most part. And people are looking at his game as, as, as Aaron Downs. CJ McCollum has more of a universal all-around game in which he can score on basically all three levels. Um, the three-point shooting is elite at, at, in, in a lot of ways. And that's why you see the difference in the way that these deals are looked at. And I also think, too, it's and while they they may not admit it, that there is a bit of, hey, the Pelicans got a deal done. They not only traded for a player, but were able to sign him to extension and have him keep there, stay there when new, nobody's checking for New Orleans. For, so to say, yeah, they have Zion, they have Brandon Ingram, they have a talented team down there. Herb Jones, they get they get attitude. The New Orleans Pelicans are going to be a, a good team this season and a team to look out for. But I think that's where you see the difference in the way that it views. It really just comes down to how C.J. McCollum gets his points. That's what it boils down to. C.J. McCollum has a lot of 20-point-per-game scoring averages playing next to a player that had a high usage rate as well for most of his career playing next to Dame Lillard. And C.J. McCollum's game is a game that you theoretically look at and say, hey, you can fit him in on almost any team depending on what's going on. Now, if you can overcome his size liability, that's the thing. But when you look at DeMar DeRozan, he's put in more 20 uh, per player efficiency rating seasons than C.J. McCollum has even dreamed about. He's a much more efficient player, and he's much more efficient because of his way that he operates in the mid-range, gets to the free throw line, things like that. And that's why, like, it's just, it's always politics when it comes to things like this, and that's basically what this boils down to. DeMar DeRozan, I think, is a better value contract when you look at the output that he's given us so far, not only the culture change in that it was. Now, C.J. McCollum, I think, was a culture change for the New Orleans Pelicans as well. I want to be clear there. But DeMar DeRozan coming in, what he's able to do, how he's uplifted the team, how he also mentors veterans that you can see need to take certain things from his skill level. But I just thought that was an interesting thing to talk about in the show on why these two players and their contracts are looked at so differently and the, and, the, and the value almost placed on them is so different considering the players that they are. But let me know what you guys think about it down below. But that is it for me for now for today. Like I said, completely expect another episode after Media Day where we're going to be breaking everything down. But 
That's it. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voice, I'm going to sound off on our mailbag episodes. The number to do so, 773-270-2799. We're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.